0: Welcome back to another episode of Conversations with Pastor Chuck. Um, so this past weekend was 4th of July. Yes, it was. Um, Shauna and I didn't do anything really exciting. We stayed home. We, I think we watched a movie. I remember, uh, so we have a little cat, and uh, the first few fireworks are going off. He was looking <laughs> around, like, what's going on? And then he just started ignoring me he didn't care after that. But Look, when, when you're
1: young and you're, and you're married and you don't have any children... Now's the time to do all the fun stuff. (laughs) Because when you have children, it's a whole different form of fun stuff. Like, you can go watch fireworks, but you have to be back home before 8 o'clock because they got to go to bed. And so it just, it's all different. So, But now that I'm older with older kids, we did the same thing. We didn't do anything. (laughs) We hung around the house and we watched fireworks from our house because all the neighborhoods were having fireworks around Mm -hmm. us. And so I was amazed at the fireworks that were going over top of the trees big like big fireworks that people had in their backyard yeah. so but all the tension that our country has been under um at the world but our country i do think that um fourth of july was probably more personal celebratory this year because you didn't have the big events you couldn't go you know so mm-hmm. But uh, but what that amounted to was lots and lots and lots of fireworks all night long um, the night before I preached.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, it actually started a, a couple days before. I feel like we had fireworks for probably we four or five, fire, five yeah, straight we days. Yeah, had, we,
1: had, we definitely had a large amount of fireworks on Friday night and, and now a larger amount on Saturday night.
0: You know, you have dogs. Like, yes. like I said, my cat eh, didn't really react, didn't do too much, but you have two dogs. How did, how did that go? The
1: old dog laid there and was disgruntled by the noise. But she just laid there. The young dog that's one, uh, we put her in her pen. She didn't like that. We put her on the back porch to let her be out there with us. She didn't like that. She didn't like. She didn't like any of it. Mm-hmm. So I threatened to feed her a bottle of melatonin, <laughs> and my family wouldn't let me. So.
0: Oh, oh, man. Um, we talked about trying to to segue from the Fourth of July into this, but I don't think there's a good one. Uh, But basically, you know, my dog had a fear of fireworks. We should have a fear of the Lord. (laughs) Oh, man. Now that we're off to a great booming start here, um, we were looking at uh, Acts chapter 9 again, but specifically verse 31. And even more specifically, as as you read that whole verse, there's a a lot in there. I know we were talking before. There's, you know, five easy sermons you can pull out of just uh, verse 31. But. You specifically highlighted, um, you know, walking in the fear of the Lord. Right. Um, And so I guess, you know, the the first question that uh, we need to answer when we're looking at this verse is what is the fear of the Lord? Yeah. Yeah. And so what I love about that passage that
1: you're talking about before I before I really give that explanation of the fear of the Lord is is it says that the church was at peace Mm -hmm. and being built up. But there's a reason they were at peace. Uh, and it's because they were walking in the fear of the Lord. There's a reason they were able to be built up, and it's because they were walking in the fear of the Lord. And so when we kind of paint that picture, then that kind of really does drive you to the question of what is the fear of the Lord. And so this is the way that I described it Sunday. Uh, But fear is awesome, terrifying, respect, and reverence. That is the definition of fear. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so uh, a lot of times when we look at the fear of the Lord, uh, it's almost like, depending on, depending on what your doctrinal views are and your denominational <laughs> background, uh, it's almost like God sitting in heaven ready to throw down lightning bolts anytime you do something wrong. That's, that's not the fear of the Lord that we're talking about. It's not a, it's not a terrifying, but it's, a, it's an awesome, it's a respect is really it. And so really when we talk about fear of the Lord, it's defined as reverence mm-hmm. or awe. In awe of the Lord. In this, it's, you know, there were, we were talking before this uh, about previous years back, 4th of July celebrations, uh, people, myself, partying and doing things. And, and man, I, I, I wouldn't ever want my parents to know that, when, especially then, during that season of time. Right. I don't really want them to know it now. <laughs> uh, but the reason is, is because I respect them. Mm-hmm. And I respect the, the, the thoughts that they have and it's like man I don't, I don't want the, and, and that's kind of what we're talking about this fear of the Lord it's, it's not a fear as a child that I'm going to get grounded or I'm going to get put in time out or I'm going to get a spanking um, although God does put us in time out and he does allow us to get uh, proverbially spanked mm-hmm. uh, you know those punished but, uh, but it's this man I don't want to disappoint God right. and I'm, I'm living in awe of him and it's like, man, when you're in the presence of the Lord, and that's, and that's where they were at here uh, at the church of Antioch, and, and the church was growing, and, and churches around were growing, people were coming to know the Lord. They were experiencing the power and the movement of the Holy Spirit, and they were just in awe in this reverence of the Lord. That's, that's really what fear of the Lord is.
0: And like you were saying just a second ago, that fear of the Lord is what really opened them up into a time of peace and a time of being built up. And you see at the end of the verse, like the church was multiplying. They were growing exponentially still during this time. Um, Could you talk a little bit about when you're talking about, you know, fear of the Lord and, you know, not wanting to disappoint or or let him down because of, you know, what God has done for us and everything he's done in our lives and the fact that we owe God everything, um, you know. I feel like a lot of times we can take that to an extreme where it's, you know, I am I'm living so hesitantly because I don't want to mess up at all. I don't want to step out of bounds. Like I'm living almost this legalistic life of doing everything because of this you know, fear of the Lord. But can you talk? I mean, the church wasn't living like that. They were living in true freedom for the first time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's uh,
1: so this in this that they were being built up and they were walking in this fear of the Lord. I don't think that Luke's verbiage there is loose in this walking. They were, they were moving. They were I mean, there was a progress moving forward, and we see that the church all around in Judea and, and Galilee and all around was growing. People were coming to know Christ. The end of the verse actually says, and they increased in number. But, but it wasn't because they were scared and hunkered down and terrified. Mm-hmm. It was because they were really walking in freedom for the first time. They, they, they were being led by the Holy Spirit, and and they could hear god speak and as they're hearing god speak because you know there's there's sin of 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 doing things that we shouldn't do but then there's also sin of not doing things that we should do mm-hmm. and and so they said man we don't we don't want to sin in either category but we just want to be obedient and so whenever god speaks let's move because we don't want to disappoint him so if he says move we're saying yes if he says sit still we're sitting still, but there's a freedom in that. In that, man, there's no punishment. There's no. It's it's okay, God. I, I want to please you, mm-hmm. and it's there's a there's just this freedom that comes with that.
0: Yeah. So I mean, I know you mentioned a couple examples there, but the next part you really talked about was that that walking, that that active part of walking in the right. prayer of the Lord. And we see the picture there of the church. You know, it talks about them in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria. Like they're out and about. They're doing these things. But practically, what does it look like for a wellspring today, a church in America today, like Christians in the world today? What does it look like practically for us to walk in the fear of the Lord?
1: Well, and I I talked about this, that uh, without fear... Of the Lord so the opposite of the question you're asking me Mm -hmm. the the, without fear I I said this that that we flirt with evil and we become corrupted right Uh, and so when when we're when we're not walking in the way that God would have us we're literally literally flirting with corruption uh, to, to the point that we will even begin then to engage and be corrupted so then walking in the fear of the Lord is to not dabble in sin is to not dabble into those things. Is to not flirt with those things that are out there, uh, and so walking in fear of the Lord is also having that church around you, and so uh, you know, uh, man, I, I people say this to me all the time that the church is not you know the church is not a building, and I've said that a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, the church is people, but right now more than ever, man, we're experiencing that the church is people. And so right now we need each other more than ever. When the world is trying to push us apart and trying to keep us divided away from each other, what God is saying is walking in the fear of the Lord is, is you coming together, holding each other accountable, talking with each other, encouraging each other so that when the day of evil comes, the Scripture tells us, and, and, and it's here, that we won't be corrupted by sin, that we won't, we won't be tempted to step into sin. And so, walking in the fear of the Lord is saying, okay, God, I want to hear you speak. God, I want to be obedient. It's attuning your spirit, attuning your spiritual ear to hearing him speak, but also surrounding yourself with people who
0: have attuned their ear to hear him speak. I know this is uh, sort of the topic for this upcoming Sunday, but especially when we're we're trying to walk in the fear of the Lord, what role does the Holy Spirit play in that aspect? Because, you know, like what you said is, you know, without God in our lives, we're going to flirt with evil. We can become corrupted. So how do we know, you know, what what we are supposed to be doing versus what we're not supposed to be doing in that situation? Yeah, and so,
1: and I kind of talked about this. I don't know if this is where you're headed, but in that last point that I talked about in developing a fear of the Lord Mm. helps us really understand that. But, I mean, to really be guided by the Holy Spirit and, and to attune your ear to to what He says, you have to first really understand what He's saying and, what, and, and, and learn what that voice sounds like and what mm-hmm. that is. And the way you develop that is through Scripture. It's through digging into the Word. Uh, so God's never going to say something to you that's going to contradict what He's already written down and, and vice versa. And so... Uh, so the first thing that we have to do is we have to really dig into God's Word. And so when we're digging into God's Word, and then when we're digging into God's Word together, and now this is that, this is, this is really what the Scripture means when it says, iron sharpens irons when He teaches us that in Proverbs, is that now we can sit down and have conversations about Scripture and get a better, sharper understanding. And so now when the Holy Spirit is speaking to me, and I have a better, sharper understanding of Scripture The Holy Spirit's never going to say something that contradicts what's written. And so now, now I know, okay, this is God. This is the Holy Spirit speaking. This is the direction that I need to go in. This is what He's calling me to do. This is what I I need not do. This is what I need not be engaged in. Mm -hmm. And now we've got people that's around us that are confirming, that are affirming what God's speaking and saying and doing in us.
0: Yeah. So going back a little bit to... You know, the church was at peace, and that peace was coming from the fear of the Lord. And it's because, you know, they were walking in it. They were building each other up. They were listening to the Word of God. They were listening to the apostles teach and all that. You know, right now, and especially lately, you know, it doesn't feel like there's peace, and even right. peace in our own lives. Right. Um, you know, and one thing that you said is uh, we have to look at ourselves right, and and figure out, are we personally, by ourselves, walking? with what God tells us to do. And so, you know, as you're talking about diving into the Bible, what do we do um, when we have, like when we're reading and something just hits us and it's like, oh, oh, I'm not listening to that. Because, you know, I feel like there's there's always two choices there. It's, okay, I'm reading, the Holy Spirit is telling me, like, hey, this is a part of your life that we need to work on together, part right. of the sanctification process. Now, is it possible to, you know, tune out the Holy Spirit and and kind of keep going? It absolutely is possible.
1: Uh, it's definitely not recommended, mm-hmm. uh, but it is possible. I mean, we know, we know. You know, I was uh, I was writing um, this morning for another class that I'm teaching, in, and, uh, and I'm trying to remember exactly what it was I was writing on now. But uh, but uh, faithfulness, and uh, and and God just spoke to me, and it was like, okay, I'm I'm writing this, I'm studying scripture, and I'm writing this, but it's like, but God's speaking to me right now, <clears throat> and so you can either. You can either tune that out and just keep doing what you're doing. And what you do is you actually then begin to attune your ear to tune him out. Mm. Uh, and so you can, you can begin to deafen it. You can begin to, to build a wall and, and begin to silence it. Uh, and so you do that enough. You, it's the old terminology that we would use is quench the Holy Spirit. You do that enough. And it's not that God stops speaking because he's constantly trying to draw you to him. It's just that you no longer hear it anymore. I, I, I do this with my kids. <laughs> we, our, our house is not that large. Our, we have an open concept, uh, and so where our living room and our kitchen are close to each other, and there's an island there, and so there's activity going on, and I'm watching TV, and it just gets noisy. Mm-hmm. And then, I'll, then somebody will go, Dad, I'm talking to you. Oh, uh, it's <laughs> because I, I've learned how to tune that out. Right. We can actually train ourselves to do that with the Holy Spirit as well. Kids, if you're watching, I've never really done that. I was just using
0: that as an example. <laughs> parents definitely don't do that, <laughs> and that. and especially you know, children. They don't ever tune their parents no, out either. It no. doesn't it doesn't happen that way. But you
1: and I've talked about this. So for you though, so that's how I that's that's what I do. Mm-hmm. But you and I've talked about this, so I don't want to put you on the spot. But but how do you hear the Holy Spirit?
0: It really is from. Uh, you know, reading and studying and, um, a lot of time it's prayer too. Cause like, like I said, you, you know, you read something in the Bible and it, it feels like you, you feel in your gut. You're just like, oh, right. oh, that's, that's talking to me. Cause right. I feel like so often in the church, it's very easy for us just as a church as a whole to be like, see, God says you're not supposed to be doing that. God right. says you're not supposed to be doing this. And we look at the world outside of the church. I was like, see, God says, it's like, no, no. First of all, God's talking to us. Right. Like, let's take care of the log in our own eye before we worry about anything else. But, yeah, so for me, it's, you know, you get that gut feeling, and it's like, oh, man, God's trying to say something. And then it's spending time in prayer, and then, you know, after that prayer, and like, God, help me seek more understanding about this. Help me figure out how I'm going to change this. And then it's going back to the Word again, seeing what else. I, I love doing just studies of different things, and uh, just pulling up all the different passages that talks about and figuring out, all right, yeah. what does God ex- say exactly about whatever this sin in. is that I'm dealing with right mm-hmm. now? But but also what
1: you're describing, though, uh, in a different sense, is having a conversation. Right. So God will speak to you, and you can you can choose to have the conversation mm-hmm. or just keep, keep studying what you're studying. Yep. Uh, but that's the same way. When my kids speak to me, I can choose to not listen to them, or I can go, oh, oh. Hey, you're trying to get my attention. Let me let me engage in that. But prayer, oftentimes when we talk about prayer and God speaking to us through prayer, is just like there is an element of prayer where we get up in the mornings or before we go to bed at night or what whatever your routine is and and we talk to God and we make our our prayer request known and and God, I thank you for this, and all that it's great. God wants that. But I think as much prayer is also When I'm reading my Bible or when I'm driving down the road or when I'm and God is speaking to us outside of our set scheduled times. Mm -hmm. And it's and so lately, uh, I mean, I have really began to, to, in my own mind, at least talk about it this way, that it's really it's, you know, I'm I'm doing my thing. But then you or my wife or somebody will call me on my cell phone. And so it's like, okay I I need to have this conversation right now. That's what God will do to us. And so it may be not in a set prayer schedule, but as we're driving down the road, our spiritual phone rings, mm-hmm. and it's like God saying, hey, I need I need to talk to you about this.
0: You know, in speaking of prayer, just to, to follow this tangent a little bit more, I think it's just as important to have times in prayer where we're not talking. Because I feel like so often, you know, and, and this is the pattern I get in, it. it's, God, thank you for this, thank you for this, thank you for this, thank you for this, you know, help us do this, help us do this. You know, and then right. whatever, whatever, and we're done. Right. It's like, I just sent this to God. Now I'm done. I'm done thinking about it. It's like, no, like sit there and, and sit in the presence of God and, no. and listen to him. And I, and that's where I think more often than not a passage of Scripture comes to mind. And it's like, hey, go think about this for a little bit. Go go spend well, time with me and here. And if we want to have
1: peace and we want to be built up as individuals, but but individuals that make up the larger church body, then, then we need to be having those conversations with the Lord. But, but the only way we're going to have those authentic conversations with the Lord is to really have such awe and reverence, fear of the Lord mm-hmm. for him, so that when he does speak, I'm not tuning that out. I'm going, this mm-hmm. is the creator of the universe speaking to me right now. And okay, God, what you're saying is important.
0: Right. I think, you know, talking about, when we we stray from that and we can easily become corrupted just because of the desires of our flesh. And we live in that duality of we do have the Holy Spirit in our life and we're also still in the flesh and it's this battle back and forth. But, you know, I wrote this down, is when we're studying, when we're listening and when we're thinking of God's word and application to our life, do we actually, you know, hate what God says is evil? And not just as an outward perspective. Right. Because I think it's really easy to, to hate other things and other people and do things like that. it's like well god doesn't say it was like no when we're looking yep. in because i think it's so very easy for us to ignore the evil in our life mm-hmm. because it's like well god's not really talking to me about this
1: well and that's and that's why rather uh, you want to call it a life group a sunday school class wh- whatever that gathered group of people is small group of people that are having conversation because listen if if we just watch the news for just a few minutes we are living in a corrupt world. Uh, and, and they don't have fear of the Lord. They, they're, they're driven by their own selfish motives and their own selfish desires and what's, what's best for me. But when you can get in a circle of people who literally fear the Lord and begin to have conversation, it not only drives out corruption, but it also begins to, to the, the, now the circle that we're in it's like, man, that's not welcome here. This isn't the people that I run with. And, 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 and now we, we just begin to focus less on the corruption that's around us and more on the peace and the love of God that's within us. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's really the purpose of the church.
0: Right. And I think, you know, a thing to be careful of there is when, when we get to the point where we fear the Lord and it's, you know, we're living, we're trying our best to live in a sin-free life, that doesn't mean we exclude the world because they're in sin. I think, you know, it's right. an easy trap for the church to fall into of, of, all right, we're, well, we're doing our best to be sin-free, and we're going to do our thing, and let's focus inward and stay inward. It's like, no, 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 take care of the sin in your life, and then go and be an example. Right. Um, I was talking with Shauna the other day, and, and she's reading a book, and kind of you, you touched on this a little bit in the sermon, but it's like imagine if the church in America just took some time and dealt with the sin in our own lives, our our prejudices, our fears and hatreds and things that we just innately develop. If we let God deal with those, and then as a united front went out and you could mm. tell that the church had a true fear of the Lord and had a true not just, you know, standoffishness of sin where it's like, You're a sinner, I'm not gonna have anything to do. It's right. it's true love to go and be like, Listen, I I know the effect that sin had in my own life. And I know what it took for God to take me out of that through Jesus' death on the cross. Right. And because I love you so much, this is so much better. It's like you were saying at the beginning, the fear of the Lord and walking in it is so much better and it's a true freedom right. versus living in the, the bondage of sin. Right. The, um, uh, so what, what leads us up to verse
1: 31, uh, which we're preaching out of right now, is this is when Saul comes back to Jerusalem. Uh, and we see that the church was growing in Antioch and we see in according to this passage just growing all around, mm-hmm. but it's because the the church had a united front and they dealt with sin from within, but then what they went out with was the peace of the Lord the the peace of christ this this fear, this awe this reverence of man. look at what God's done in my life, and so people around them I mean could Man, what would happen in just middle Georgia if Christians together just came together and said, let me confess my sin, let me deal with my sin, and let me get past what my selfish desires are and what my perspective is, and let's just
0: take the gospel to people. Mm-hmm. I just had a, a thought mm. as you were saying that as we we're looking back. Imagine, and, and you did such a good job of this in your sermon of, of really you know, placing us in the story of um, Ananias and Sapphira, <laughs> But imagine the, the true, healthy fear of the Lord that the people who buried them had. I mean, imagine, because you know, the story that like, has to spread all through the churches. Yeah. Like, what did they do? Like, they must have done something terrible. As, well, they lied to God. Right. And God has an absolute, just hatred of sin. Yeah, and so when I was
1: saying that a minute ago, that fear of the Lord shouldn't be that God's going to throw down lightning bolts. But that is possible. Right. But uh, that's not what we want to focus on. Uh and, and so an improper fear of the Lord is walking around scared of him. Mm-hmm. But but a proper fear of the Lord is, man, he is so powerful that man, if he wants to end my life, if he wants to end what but but it's this, man, God, I just want to please you. Right. But but it's it's not in this confined God I just want to please you and I'm not allowed to do anything else it's what he has is so good for us what he has in mind for us is so is, is beyond our comprehension and it's like when God when I just when I just set out to please you I mean the pleasure that we get to live in that life even when we go through struggles and and we see the church will go through some struggles mm-hmm. uh here in the book of Acts and our churches today the people we go through these struggles right. but it's you, you you march through that differently when you have a true, awesome respect, this awe, this wonder of the Lord.
0: You know, I think that's something that we need to, to focus on more as a church as well, is, you know, more often than not, it's like, do this, do this, do this, do this, because God wants us to. It's, let's let's teach you who God is, so you can have a healthy fear and respect of who He is, and then let's help you experience the the true joy and yeah. peace, and Life is so much better and so uh, impossibly better with God than it can ever be without him. You know, that's the message we need to be to be pushing out to the world, especially right now is, yes, there is true hurt in the world. There's true hate and sin in the world. And there's nothing apart from God that's going to going to fix that. And so let's introduce you to this God and let's teach you what a healthy fear and respect of him really is and what that leads well, to.
1: And I've referred to this a lot, but in Acts 8 is when we see the church being dispersed mm-hmm. out of, and that's putting it kindly, uh, out of Jerusalem. It was, it was because of persecution. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think that the coronavirus is persecution on the church. Um, our, our church is not being able to assemble together on a Sunday morning. I don't think it's persecution. Those decisions have been made out of health. Let's keep people safe. But but I do think that what God's allowed this to happen is I think God is trying to to push us out of our church walls and into the community, mm-hmm. and we see that when that happened with with the church in Jerusalem, is they went out, and now we're seeing that it's affecting in Antioch and it's affecting uh, in Galilee and Samaria and all these places that are around, and and it's they're leading with the love and the power, and I mean when you see stories like ananias and sapphira when they lied to the holy spirit they dropped dead but then when you see stories like dorcas and the man uh, here in the previous verses that were uh, dorcas was brought back to life Mm -hmm. her life was completely restored this man who couldn't walk who who could walk now couldn't walk could now walk again right and when you're seeing this mighty movement of god and i think that we've kept that too silent for too long And so we've lived these mundane humdrum lives and we've stayed focused inside of our churches. And I I really do think that what God is doing is he is setting us up for one of the greatest, most powerful revivals we may ever get to see. And that's, I think he's setting us up for that today. But we have to have this, okay, God, I'm not in control and you are. And, And this isn't what I would prefer as a pastor to happen in our churches. But God, you know what's best. Mm -hmm. And so, God, if you're allowing this to happen, and so then my this is where this is this is practical how fear of the Lord works. And it's like, okay, God, this isn't what I want. This isn't my desire. God, this isn't how I would do it. But you know what's best. And so, God, you're orchestrating something here that's bigger than me, that's different than what I would do. And so, God, teach me. Let me hear your voice. God, guide me.
0: It's like you were saying at the beginning, if if God says go, we go. If God right. says stop, we stop. And yeah, like you were saying, would we love just to pack this entire room full of people to hear the gospel? Right. Absolutely. God's saying no right now. He's saying, right. no, nope, it's not going to work like that. So let's do it my way. Right. Okay. He's saying go to Walmart and Lowe's. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, man. So we have just a couple minutes left, and I want to talk, we're going to have to be brief with this, but... The last part, you know, developing the fear, and we talked about that comes from prayer and studying the word and listening to God. But you said this, and I thought it was really good, and I just want you to touch on it while we have a couple minutes, but you said, not only do we learn the word of God, but we have to apply it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I had a
1: tremendous career before vocational ministry and God spoke and said this is what I've created you for I want you in ministry and gosh Caleb it was so hard to 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 recognize okay this is God but but I didn't I didn't want to hear God but but I was also studying scripture and developing this ear for the Lord and it's like, okay, God, when you speak, I want to be obedient. And so this, this developing this fear of the Lord, it was like the, the practical application of the calling and following and being obedient. And it was like, okay, walk away from a career and go into a career, if you will, that I knew nothing about. Mm-hmm. And God was like, yes. And so, it was, okay, now let me just begin to take the steps to do that. And it was just, I could have told God, no. I don't know how things would have turned out. But, but I know how things have turned out by following Him. And it's just like, that's, that's the practical application. Not that, not that God's calling you to quit your job and go into full-time ministry, but God is calling you to do something, and it's going to be uncomfortable because he wants you to step out on faith and trust him. But this is where we this is how we tune our ear. This is how we how we sharpen our listening skills to him. And so the practical application then is, okay, God, when when you're speaking, and now I'm going to get people around me to see if they can affirm what I'm saying. Like did do people see that there was a call in my life? Did they, They'd never heard me preach. They'd never seen, you know. So they, there, there wasn't the, oh, yeah, man, you're good at this. It was, mm-hmm. yeah, we see God's doing something. Because their ears were attuned to what God was doing. And so, so that developing part, that practical application part, is, okay, whenever we hear God speak, and I don't mean this in, a, in testing God, but in a testing the waters kind of a way, it's like, hey, Caleb, do you see this in my life? Do you see God doing this in my... And so you get those people around you, and people begin to affirm that, and then you begin to take some baby steps. And as you begin to take those steps, God begins to lead. And and so really, your fear of the Lord, this awe and awesomeness and this in wonder is increasing because you're seeing Him literally guide your steps.
0: Mm-hmm. You uh, You finished your sermon with... Just saying this, and I think it's a good way to to wrap this up as well. But as long as you are living here on earth, you're always developing in the word of God mm-hmm. and then applying it and then going back and developing and then applying it. And it's just this continuous yeah. cycle yeah. of of us. Yes. It, it, you know, it's not sitting in the fear of the Lord. That's not what the verse says. It's always walking in the fear of the Lord. Like you're always right. moving. And in our situation, it, we want to be walking towards God and towards right. that life with him.
1: Yeah, so don't ever stop moving, don't 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 ever stop having those prayers, don't ever stop getting to those uncomfortable places, and just saying, okay, God, I trust you. I'm going to take a step. So God's got the church of America in a whole new place today, and I don't know that we'll ever do church and church will ever look and feel the same again, but I don't think that's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. I think it's really us. All
0: right, let's take the next step. All right, you want, would you like to pray for us? To I will. It?
1: Heavenly Father, God, we thank you so much, God. I I thank you that that you are a caring, loving God uh, that we can uh, just sit in awe and wonder of. God, you've got plans for our life. You want us to live in peace and be built up and take steps to become more like you. God, I thank you for the people that you put around us, the church, uh, that helps us hone and sharpen those skills. Uh, But God, may we attune our ear to listen to you, and when you speak, may we have enough awe and reverence of you to take those steps and to follow you wherever it is that you're calling us to go. So God, I pray for those today that are listening, God, that they would take those steps, that they would hear your voice, and just begin to trust you and walk in the fear of you. God, I thank you today. We love you and praise you, and we give all this to you in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Love you guys. See See you next week.